Welcome to Guild Lores, a podcast dedicated to unearthing the deep lore of Guild Wars and Guild Wars 2. I am Joe Neustel, and between myself and my co-host Tony, we have over 20 years of experience with the Guild Wars franchise and still manage to know very little. Without further ado, here he is, Melandru's dirty boy, the voice in the void, and he remembers the forgotten, <laughs> Tony Melchor. Tony, how are you doing today, buddy? Doing good. Doing good. It's a good day at work. Good day. Excellent. Excellent. In general. How about yourself? Doing good. Yeah. So what have you been up to in game this past week? Um, plenty of raiding. Plenty of raiding. We tried a few. Mm. Mm. Uh, Zara, Zara put us down. Oh yeah. That first mechanic is just beyond three buttons. Oh. Yep, the orbs and then the buttons. The pre-phase is what we call it. It can be pretty tough. <laughs> oh my god, that mechanic is killer. I can't. You told me there were gonna be three buttons. I had to bust out a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> I think around that time, because we were on Discord, my brother. Because I was house sitting, he also just got home to get packed up, and just like I had you guys, the game, I had uh, my niece talking my ear off, and my brother telling me stuff. Oh, it was a lot. It was a lot to take in, and also explain. I did not exactly feel like a hero that day, <laughs> and surprisingly enough, the the world of Guild Wars is exceptionally sparse on heroes. Mm. There's a whole hall for them in the mists, the Hall of Heroes. But when it comes to actual canon characters that I would consider heroes, I can count them on, like, two hands. Mm -hmm. I would have had to take my socks off to count past two hands while writing this show if a group of would-be heroes were marginally more successful. No, okay. Today, we will talk about their rise to near glory and the deep pit of shame they fell into. Uh-oh. Today, it's gonna be a spicy story. we will be discussing Destiny's Edge. Destiny's Edge. We did a really good job last week of not ripping <laughs> Logan to shreds, <laughs> and I could not wait another week. <sighs> okay, here we go. So we're tackling a pretty big one today. Are you ready? There's a lot of story. There's a lot of really interesting things that I didn't know that are coming down the pike. So I guarantee you don't know them. Guaranteed, yeah. Not you, the listener. I mean, you, Tony. <laughs> listener, you... I don't know. I don't know you. <laughs> we don't know you. But if you're like me, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you email us and let us know? Yeah, at us. At us. <laughs> Destiny's Edge. Well, looking into the escapades of Destiny's Edge, I found an event, an event in the game that is simply titled Prove You Know A Lot About Destiny's Edge. So we'll start this show with a little quiz for you, Tony. Oh, God. All right, don't look at this monitor over here. Look at the monitor over there so I don't feel the event. Okay. I'm going to ask you a few questions regarding Destiny's Edge. We'll start with the easy ones. What is Ritlock's rank in the Blood Legion? Oh, yikes. 
Hicks. He's like, oh, I don't know what it is precisely, but I think he's like right-hand man, basically. He's a tribune. A tribune. All right. What's his sword's name? Oh, shit. Oh, boy, I'm so screwed. Um, I don't know. We'll get there. I'll ask you a few questions about Kaith. What is what race is Kaith? Uh, Cabbage Patch. What is her method of attack? Oh fuck! What is she just necklace? This is gonna be a good episode for you. You're gonna learn a lot. Yeah, I am. Her method of attack? Stealth. Okay. Or sneaking. I would. I would have also accepted sneaky cabbage. Sneaky cabbage. One more quick one about. Hmm. I'll ask two more. Logan Thackeray is the captain of the... The look on Tony's face right now is so pained. He knows it. He wants to know it. But I don't think he does. It's the Seraph, Tony. I would have gotten it wrong regardless. All right. Erstagalkin. Hmm. What is her animal spirit? Which spirit of the wild protects her? Bear? Wolf. Wolf. <laughs> Why did I think bear? All right. Let's get on with the tale. Enough enough playing around. Tony, you're zero for six or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I don't know shit, clearly. He doesn't know his lore. Why did I think bear? Is there a freaking screen cap with her and a bear? Probably Jorah. I'm thinking of Jorah. Not Air. Okay. Air has the wolf. We will get into all of that here soon. I don't want to throw too much shade straight off the bat. <laughs> and like I feel like that little quip at the beginning of them falling into a pit of shame came off a little harsh. <laughs> the members of Destiny's Edge, they have their own unique and amazing accomplishments, but only a couple of them rise beyond their failings, which is what heroes are supposed to do, supposed to do right? Yeah. Nobody can win all the time. If you did, you'd just be... Well, even the gods don't win in this world, so, I mean. They suck so much, they left. They're the opposite of heroes. They they do not. They're just pulling a Logan Thackeray. <laughs> yeah. They just run from their problems. So I'll do my best to illuminate these failings and give due respect to the dragon-hearted champions who do rise above. So where to begin? So, as stated in Glint and the Forgotten Part 2, their guild name is a combination of two entities who merged. One is Dragonspawn Destiny, and it consisted of a storied Norn, Erstagalkin, accompanied by her dire wolf companion Garm, a brilliant Asurin Golemancer in magic theory, aka synergetics, neuroscientist Snaf and his aspiring apprentice Zoja. Hmm. Snaf is a very interesting character, but a little more on that here in a bit. The second entity was Edge of Steel. Emphasis on the edge. <laughs> a firstborn Silvari thief who is accredited with much of the introduction of the Cabbage people, the Silvari, to the world of at large. She did this through her adventures early in life. That would be Kaith. Ritlock Brimstone, a tribune of the Blood Legion wielding the flaming sword of the last Ascalonian prince, Sahothan, and Logan, 
a dickhead. Sahathan. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're all unique in their own way, except for Logan. So let's talk <laughs> about their escapades leading up to the introduction. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's, let's let's look at their escapades here, a little bit of their early lives. The leader of Destiny's Edge, Erstagalkin, is the daughter of a warrior who was killed by Icebrood. So from an early age, she swore to avenge him and slay the elder dragon Jormag. She had a relationship with a legendary Norn fella named Bor... Boryi? Bori? Bori? No idea. A legendary Norn fella named Boryi, the <laughs> Sun Chaser. Sounds Not long legendary. after they got together, she gave birth to Bram. It, was, uh, it wasn't long before the sons of Svanir began to threaten Holbrack, however, and the Sun Chaser sent Air on her way to finish writing her legend. He raised Bram on his own, but died only seven years later. Damn. Raising kids will do that to you. <laughs> he didn't want to send word to Air of his death. He didn't want her to know so that she wouldn't abandon the quest she was on. Interesting. And it's really cool that he respected her freedom so much, but damn. Bram goes through all of Heart of Thorns and Living World Season, three Living World Seasons, just like trying to deal with this childhood trauma. Christ. Like a real residual mark on the guy. Also really focusing on like their, just how they are as people, their legend. Very important. I mean, he has quite a list of accomplishments now, too. Damn. Now, Snaff was a crazy Asurin genius. <laughs> so, he's just a regular Asurin. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not true. He specialized <laughs> in the field of mind control and golems, which is why he's credited in the movie Pacific Rim. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm like, really? <laughs> no, but that's basically the same story. Really, he is doing some super far out things with the eternal alchemy when he took on, uh, well, he took on an apprentice named Kudu. Kudu. Yeah, and Kudu discovered that dragon energy exists, which is a very impacting moment for the world of Guild Wars and the story at large. Sure, because then maybe you can tap into it. Well, yeah, that's exactly what Kudu was interested in. Mm -hmm. Snaff called it off like he's crazy, but he's not insane. He recognized that that was far too dangerous and didn't he, want... He said no. Yeah. Damn, okay. And he didn't really want to be any part of that. So, like most of Siren who get told no when their curiosity is piqued, defected and went to join the inquest. Which is all well and good because Snaff had an opening for an apprentice. Qin Zoja. Exactly. Zoja has joined the battle. So Kaith. We've covered Kaith's story in the Silvari episode of Guild Wars, but a brief summary is this. She was a firstborn of the Cycle of Night, who went on an expedition across Tyria with her BFF Fowlin, eventually ending up in Or. And it is in Or that she gazed upon the Elder Dragon Zaitan's corruption. This essentially creates the Nightmare Court 
and sets into action the dividing rift and initial conflict of the Silvari people. And Ritlock is something... He's just something else entirely. <laughs> um, he has a list of accolades a mile long, so let's begin at the beginning. He was the runt of his litter, but a natural-born leader. He was the smallest of the striplings, which is the classification for smaller cubs. Okay. And they're all lumped together. And you see, well, they were bullied by the bigger, meaner char. Naturally. They had underestimated one thing. <laughs> Ritlock knew how to network. <laughs> so he got all the little folks together and beat the bloody hell out of the bullies in true char fashion. Nice. Earning himself the respect of his peers. Nice. Can't beat him one on one. You bring some friends. Doesn't matter as long as you win, right? Yep. <laughs> Ritlock, damn. Okay, so he's pretty savvy as a kid, as a cub. Yeah, so his band of striplings would go on to become the Stone War Band, with him their leader. This is when he selected the surname Brimstone. Okay, that's pretty cool. Eventually, the Blood Legion Imperator, Bangar Runebringer, selected two of the Stone Legion to go on a mission. He tasked Ritlock and Cretius Stoneglow, who was the mother of Ritlock's first son, Ryland, Ritlock and Crucia are chosen to go on a mission to infiltrate the Flame Legion in the Ring of Fire Islands with Dude, a name like Brimstone. What? That's sick. They did, and in so discovered the Flame Legion had found the lost sword of Prince Rurik. Rurik must have dropped it there when the undead Lich brought his zombie ass back in the Flame Seeker <laughs> prophecies, which really messed with my emotions. Hmm. They fucked with my emotions, but now we have Sahothan on our team. <laughs> I love that sword. Sword's so sick. Ritlock decides he wants to steal it, but Cretia disagrees with his plan, uh, believing that remaining undercover for longer would yield better information. Ritlock steals Sahothan anyway, <laughs> in true Ritlock style. And to conceal her cover, she stabs him in the leg. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, she kept the mid... Okay. Yeah. Damn. She's good at her job. He's Damn. not very good at his job. No, he wanted the shiny thing. He's a renegade. He wanted the, sh the shiny thing. That's right. He somehow manages to make it back to the Blood Legion homeland in Grothmar. With the shiny-ass sword. With the shiny-ass sword. And Imperator Bangor Runebringer is pissed off. Oh, I'm sure. Until he sees that shiny-ass sword. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's going to want it, huh? Well, he's super proud. Oh. He wants to use it as a propaganda piece against the Flame Legion. Okay. But the sword admittedly does go to Ritlock's head, and, and kind of the char that we all know and love is born. He's a real rogue, and he, well, he begins to disobey commands and do things recklessly. He's, he realizes that he's like a legend to the char at this point. He's just like, I can do whatever I want now, basically. What are you going to do? He realizes that the political state that the char live in is all BS, and he wants to walk outside of the lines. So Bangar, instead of punishing him, and stripping him of his warband, which probably wouldn't have been a great move for him, gives him the promotion to Tribune and sends him out 
abroad. All right, you're getting a promotion and get the hell out of my sight. Your problem? So here, let me get rid of you real quick. Damn. Smart move, though. Logan. Logan is a little whiny shit. <laughs> His brother is bigger and better at being a soldier than he is. And his brother is part of the Seraph, the Queen's Guard, and Logan throws a temper tantrum. Oh, no. And he runs his widow baby booty to Ebonhawk, which is where he joins the Ebon Vanguard, which is in his blood. I mean, the Ebon Vanguard was called back to Ebonhawk from the Eye of the North, led by his great-great-whatever-great-grandfather, Lieutenant Kieran Thackeray in Guild Wars 1. He does have the blood of heroes in him, as stated, Kieran Thackeray, and his great-great-whatever-grandmother, Kieran Thackeray's wife, or partner, mm. is Gwen, the hero from Guild Wars 1. But unfortunately, he is not a hero. He keeps <laughs> trying, but he is not. So now we've established who these potential heroes are. Let's talk about their unlikely allegiance. Mm, okay. So Tony, who's your favorite at the at current? I'd have to say it's between Ritlock and Snaf, I think. Those two seem really, really cool. Snaf has some really crazy stuff that's coming up. He is just thinks outside the box. Sure. Good. For Nasurin, crazy. I wish there was a little more on on his escapades. Mm -hmm. I mean there's a there's plenty in the books. Well, one mm -hmm. specifically, Edge of Destiny. But some of the stuff he thinks of is really crazy, and we'll get into that here in, right now. <laughs> Dragon Spawn Destiny. Air, Snaf, and Zoja. They were a group formed in dedication to slaying a champion of Jormag known as the Dragon Spawn. The name makes a little more sense now, right? Well, it was quite the endeavor, and the group failed upon their initial attempt. And this enraged Jormag, who in turn created a blizzard that buried the entirety of the Shiver Peaks, including Holbrack. Holy crap. In snow and ice. Oh shit. Oh they shit. They poked the bear. The dragon storm. The oh my god. So, Newt White Bear, the elder of Holbrack, one of the elders, kind of like their chief. But he's respected and he exiles their band from Holbrack until they can prove themselves worthy and defeat the dragon spawn. Damn. So naturally, as all wayward Tyrians do, they go to Lion's Arch. <laughs> the famous meeting place. And it's there that they find Edge of Steel. Of course. Why wouldn't it be a Lion's Arch, right? <laughs> and Edge of Steel is in a bit of a blunder. You see, Kaith, Ritlock, and Logan joined forces to escape Ascalon when a swell of Destroyer and Branded amassed. Logan and Ritlock were fighting over Sahathan, and Kaith saved their petty asses by singing a beautiful song, the Song of the Pale Tree, to hold open a malfunctioning Assyrigate so they could all escape together. Huh. The Song of the Pale Tree. Wow. I'd love to hear it. I probably already have, just don't know. I just don't know my lore. Didn't we listen to it when we listened to the Guild Wars 2 soundtrack? I think it was on there. Um, I don't know. I just spam the Guild Wars soundtracks when I write the show up and 
just let it play. I, I think it really might have been there. It might be a different song I'm thinking You know, of. it would really make sense if that was the music in the grove. Oh. <laughs> or in the pale tree instances. Mm-hmm. They find themselves in Lion's Arch, and their stay there is a bit dicey, you see. They encounter a bear fighting ring. And needless to say, Logan and Ritlock have some moral objections to this. They start a fight that unexpectedly burns some real estate. <laughs> oh, no. For this, Captain Morgus Lethe imprisons them. They get thrown in jail. Oh, shit. That's right. Damn, these troublemakers. <laughs> Emphasis on the edge. Oh, edge boys. Their penalty for this debacle was 500 gold to repay for the damages. Oh, my God. I know. That's a hefty ticket. Oh, my God. That's like a month, month of doing shit. I mean, this was before vanilla Guild Wars, you know, like there was no, there was no Frac silver waste or fractals, dragon stands. There's no, no <gasps> drizzlewood. Oh, my God. No living world season four. A lot of dishes to wash and taverns. Yeah. Gosh. Better get on a champ train, choo-choo. Oh, I miss those in Queenstown. <laughs> the gold they needed, they didn't have. <laughs> so in turn, they were given an option of paying off their debt in the arena. Lion's Arch has an arena? What? Really? I guess so. Maybe it's in that one section we're not allowed in? Well, maybe it's in Divinity's Reach. Hmm. That seems more likely. I could see that. Perhaps that's where Air goes. Anyway, at any rate, at this arena, Air and Dragonspawn Destiny find the, this crew of fighters. And they are valiant enough to help them succeed and lift their band <laughs> <laughs> in Holmrag. Oh, no. So what they do is they make a bet. They make a bet with Morgus Lethe that their team can beat his edge of destiny edge, edge of steel edge, edge of, steel. of steel edge lords of steel edge lords of steel so they make a bet with this man they're their jailer that they can beat his champions and he takes the bet and thanks to snap's amazing golem sandy <laughs> they pull it off solid they did have a plus one because they brought the dire wolf to garm but at the end of the day, well, I don't know. At the end of the day, Edge of Steel is free and their groups merge. Damn. That's an interesting way to meet. <laughs> Never would have expected that. So they trek back to the north and they take on the dragon spawn. Now, this dragon spawn has handled them once before, but they come back smarter and stronger. Snaff. Emphasis on the smarter, smarter. Snaff, who's the fatherly figure of the newly formed Destiny's Edge, the glue that held them together, so to speak, oh, no. used his studies in the metaphysical synergetics field to create runes that could ward off the mind-bending telepathy that was employed by Jormag and her minions. Oh, shit. He created Magneto helmets. That's right. Cool. But that wasn't all. He weaponized it. Oh. Air was packing arrows containing the runes. Landing one on the dragon spawn cut the creature entirely off of the, the, the network that Jormag maintains. So it blocked the signal, basically? Yes. 
That's cool. The Ice Brood army no longer recognized the dragon spawn as their leader, just a foreign object in the area, a combatant, and its army turned on it, killing it once and for all. Fuck. It did sort of turn into a storm and almost, yeah, there was a, a narrow escape, but they finally killed the dragon spawn and probably went back to Holbrack at some point. Damn. After defeating the champion, Air planned to continue north and take Jormag down. But just like any MMORPG, you have <laughs> to grind out levels. Of course. You have to grind. You need to do your strikes before you do your raids. That's not actually true, but... It helps. It, it helps. It helps. So, so they queued up for strikes. <laughs> yeah, instead, their new legendary status... Like this, this exalted them. This put them on the pedestal. They, they were like, "Oh my gosh, the God King can bleed," you know. Yeah, yeah. We've been plagued by these champions for so long, but you, you're the chosen ones. You're the chosen ones. You're the flame seekers. <laughs> you're the flame seekers. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, too soon. That ship has sailed. Yeah, but this got them some new work. Huh? And. A champion of Zaitan was plaguing the seas just off of Lion's Arch. It said that the Risen were killing hundreds, hundreds of sailors every week. Damn. So it's a good thing that this band showed up, because the newest champion of Zaitan, Morgus Lethe, the very man who had imprisoned Edge of Steel in the prior months. Oh shit. Morgus was... The previous captain of the Cormorant, a Norn Galleon. This captain, Morgus Lethe, was a lion guard. And when a creature becomes risen and enthralled to the Draco Lich Zaitan, all of their living memories are revealed to the Overlord. Oh, shit. And Morgan, uh, Morgan, Morgus. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. And Morgan Freeman <laughs> was full of Lion Guard intel. <laughs> Damn. So the new captain of the Cormorant, Magnus the Bloody Handed, he couldn't rely on Lion Guard. They knew all their tricks. Yeah. So instead, he recruited some of the best fighters he knew. Oh. Uh... Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child. Here we go. Yeah, so they had a long-fought battle aboard the Cormorant, but eventually Kaith landed a fatal blow, splitting the head of poor Magus, Margus, Morgus, and stealing all of the XP for herself. Damn, dude. She murked Morgan. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. R.I.P. 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 Then came another hunt for the the now exalted Destiny's Edge, the Destroyer of Life. This was a champion of the Elder Dragon Primordus, who arose near Radisson in the year 1320 AE. And the flame that burns the brightest burns the quickest. Oh no. And the white hot arrows shot by the creature were its only weakness. Air managed to fire one back at it, and on that day... Fire consumed flame. Sounds poetic. I thought so too. Fire consumed flame. QN emo hair flip. So, between this time and their final showdown with Kral Katoric, Logan, well, his older brother passes away. 
That's an understatement. He dies a really gruesome death. He's <laughs> torn to shreds by branded hyenas. Oh, no, dude. So Logan gets Holy his sword. Shit. He gets his sword? Yeah, I'll give you a minute to process that one. Oh Go ahead. Oh, my God. Poor guy. So he gets his brother's sword. <sighs> And a bond to the queen, an empathetic bond as her champion that will call him when she's in danger. And Logan's on this path of, you know, some touchy-feely moments. So he has one with Ritlock, who, after bickering for, you know, months and then going through some shit together, have realized they're good friends. Mm. And he, he tells Ritlock that he's worthy of the sword and that he can wield Sahathan. He tells Ritlock that? Yeah, he tells Ritlock that hmm. it's all right. Okay. He's made his peace with the fact that Prince Rurik, the last Ascalonian prince, lost his sword to a renegade char. <laughs> and Ritlock is like, well, you know what, buddy? You are like a blood brother to me. So he gives him a token of the stone warband and makes him an honorary member. Oh, cool. Okay. So let's find out if these two new allegiances that Logan has made, these two very special moments, let's see if they conflict at any point in time here. <laughs> let's find out. They probably won't. They probably won't ever conflict. Nope. This probably won't be a problem. No, nope. shouldn't be. Why would it? So I don't know, you know? Why would it be a problem? I don't know. <laughs> can't think of a reason <laughs> if we recall the end of last week's episode glint and the forgotten part two the misinformation that fallon gives our band of lovable oafs leads them to square off with the venerable glint on a you know false pretense that she is an evil dragon champion mm -hmm. which in turn leads to an unlikely allegiance between destiny's child and the great crystal dragon Snaff, being the mind-manipulating master that he is, well, he sees the dragon's blood spears and the crystallized blood that Glint has crafted slash collected, and he hatches a scheme. He creates a yoke, a compound that when ingested by Kralkatoric, would allow him to meld his consciousness to the elder dragon. What? He's a straight-up capital G genius. The hell? And he's ready to prove it. He's going to do mental battle. It's kind of like hearts and minds, um, if you think about it. We've done this. We've done this in the game. We've been inside the mind of two elder dragons now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. But once inside the dragon, he was going to use his superior intellect, his big brain. Mm -hmm. It was a big brain move. Big he was brain. going to use it to force the dragon to land so Ritlock could land the final blow with the dragon's blood spear. Oh, uh -huh. so it's all going really good. It's going great. Oh, really good. It's, it's fine until this next sentence. Oh, perfect. Leading up to their final preparations, Logan gets a mental ping from his <sighs> link to his lady love, Queen Jenna. There was imminent danger in the settlement of Ebonhawk and branded ogres were attacking. Wishing to save his queen, the fate that had befallen his brother, he flees from the crystal desert north to Ascalon. Hyenas, I get it, but... 
Mm. The backside of that story is that Queen Jenna saves herself. Well, with her friend Countess Anise. Oh, fuck. So by the time he gets there, the problem is solved. Oh, no, but Air, who is the leader of oh. Destiny's Edge, what did she do? The leader of Destiny's Edge has set her heart on glory mm-hmm. and against against Glint's clear and singular warning. She only going to tell her once, right? Well, Air would not let Logan's absence impede their plans. The battle with Kralkatoric would commence. Oh, no. And it was not a pretty affair. Glint managed to implant the yoke into the mouth of Kralkatoric at the cost of her life. And while Snaff was bringing the dragon down to the ground with Ritlock in place with the dragon's blood spear, there was a Logan-sized hole that the brand had ripped through. Sandy was an immaculate golem, but was not enough to defend against the Elder Dragon army. Snaff was torn from the golem, and the father of Destiny's Edge was slain. Injured, beaten, and disillusioned, the guild breaks up just a mere year after it formed. These are all fighters in their prime, so... You think they go on to do great things, right? Man. Pick themselves up from their pits of shame? That is a monumental L. That is like the capital L of L's. Tony, you can find out who rises from this failure in Guild Wars 2. Let us know who you think redeems themselves, and let us know who you hate the most. Do you have any final thoughts on this episode? Um... None other than, like, implanting myself into the game, fighting Logan Thackeray, kicking his ass, maybe, once or twice. Maybe hyena biting his butt once, maybe. Yeah, I think the guy's been through enough. (sighs) Yeah, but I'm going through shit now. (laughs) Yeah. Learning the lore. Oh, man. I got a little bit of chills on the snap part. That sucks. And his golem. Yeesh. A few other details when Kudu finds out about Snaff's death, Mm -hmm. he manages to raid his lab and take some of the information, schematics, and things like that. For the, like, the mind control slash, like... Teleportation, golemancy, and he actually takes it to the Crucible of Eternity and is one of the bosses in, in the story there. Oh, damn. Legacy lives on but not the way that you would think. Is Kudu the one in... F- I think there's a fractal with him in there. Might be tripping. Can't remember. Tony, mm-hmm. I'll ask you some, some questions and see if you learned anything. Okay, I should be good now, hopefully. Who's Logan Thackeray's best friend? It's going to be Ritlock, I assume? That's the answer, but I was thinking probably himself. <laughs> I was thinking maybe his brother, but... It sure wasn't Snaff. <laughs> yeah, if you guys are listening to this and playing Guild Wars, will you just uh, throw an F in chat for me? <laughs> Please and thank you. <laughs> Damn. All right, Tony. Let's let's move off of this. We always end on a really dark note these days. It seems so. Let's pump it into something positive let's 
let's give some people something to chew on here. What is what's the new player advice this week? Ah, yes. So uh, this week I'm going to talk briefly about attributes and what they are and kind of what they do. So there's going to be there's going to be nine of them, nine attributes that you can scale up with different types of armor. The first one is going to be power. So that one's pretty straightforward. That increases your direct damage. So the more power you have, the more direct damage you do. Uh, the second one is precision. This increases your critical chance. Basically, the higher the crit chance, the higher percentage you have of hitting a critical strike. So big damage. What percentage is a crit? I guess. Oh, I think it's like... Can you ramp up your crit damage? You can, yeah. Uh, oh, well, fuck, then it doesn't matter. With the second, or with the third... Uh, being ferocity Ferocity. (laughs) hey look at that so this increases your crit damage not only don't i know my lore i don't know my (laughs) mechanics honestly i kind of knew this stuff but like reading it you it really like just solidifies everything i I felt about the bags my life is brand new this new player advice if you're if you're listening keep listening i'll stop interrupting Uh, ferocity. So this increases your critical damage. So that umph you get from a critical strike is determined by this. The higher the ferocity, the more damage you hit when you get a critical strike. Fourth, toughness. So this increases your armor. You take less damage. You're more tough, obviously, in the name. If you're looking for some survivability, this is a good choice. Though do be aware, there are some enemies that do target you. They're aggroed by armor. So say like specifically like in raids there's some bosses that you have to you need a tank for right and that's determined by the toughness level and if you want survivability and you have higher toughness but you don't know how to tank and you're someone else is trying to fulfill that role uh having high toughness is going to create some problems so if you're a dps with toughness in any of your trinkets or rings or anything hidden away and then doom starts smacking you in the face (laughs) yep You've got a problem. You've got a problem. And sometimes it doesn't matter. There's some bosses that don't uh, aggro off based off toughness, so that's okay. But just be aware, like, certain things in the world, Materia, will target you. The fifth one is vitality. So this increases your health points, how much health you have. This is a great other option for survivability. So if you're having toughness problems, you can just switch that toughness for vitality. One time... Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, probably 20 years ago, some random person told me, always invest in more hit points. <laughs> more hit points is nice. You can take, you can either take one hit and die, or you can take two. Take two hits and have a better chance. <laughs> All right. So the sixth uh, is concentration. So this increases your boon duration. Uh, there are 12 boons in total. Now I'm second guessing myself, don't at me, but I'm pretty sure it's 12. Not every class is going to have access to all these boons. There's some, some classes give it and some specs give others. But yeah, for example, like the higher boon duration you have, the longer like boons such as quickness is going to last. If you have increased boon duration, your boons last longer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, changing it from like, I don't know, quickness for three seconds to whatever. Yeah, if you have higher boon duration, your boons last longer. Straightforward. The seventh being condition damage. This increases the damage done by your conditions you apply, such as poison, burning, bleeding, etc. It's like power, but for your condition. Yep. <laughs> now, such as power, 
I guess uh, I guess there's no really ferocity and precision precision, but uh, expertise being the eighth uh, increases the condition duration, so it just makes your conditions last longer. So it's kind of like boon duration. If your condition duration <laughs> is longer, your conditions <laughs> last longer. Yep. And the ninth, a healing power. This one straightforward. The higher healing power you have, the more healing you do, either through skills through self skill like healing self or if you're on a druid with healing power you pump more heals to your friends in celestial or staff yeah and those are the nine those are the nine by the nine Mm -hmm. um there's different armor sets and stuff you can go you can have marauders is good for power and vitality there's so many there's a lot of different armor stats that you can choose from check out the wiki look them up I don't know if we can cover that on yeah. a new player advice. Yeah. That's not, we might, yeah. No, that's that's not happening. No, no, for sure. Definitely check out the wiki. Go look them up. Uh, see what works for you. Uh, there's a lot of different variations of armor. So, yeah. Maybe we'll do a bonus episode sometime where we just kind of chat about armor and runes and sigils and things like that mm-hmm. and just kind of talk about what we like to use and stuff. Maybe just, that that would be fun. I just like to talk. Yeah, coming up. I don't know what we're covering in the weeks to come, but I am working on an episode, a Halloween special. We're going to determine the king of Halloween. And in the running, we have Mad King Thorn. We have Grenth Doom and a bonus challenger, potentially. It's me. That's me. Well, if if you come dressed up. (laughs) <laughs> if you come to record dressed up, I might just throw you on the on the roster. Nice. Okay. I'll have to go buy myself a hot nurse's outfit. But until oh, <laughs> you'll definitely get on the roster like that, my man. All right. Until then, I'll just come in my wetsuit. I'll play a surfer. I'm like, <laughs> You're gonna what in your wetsuit? I'm gonna. I will bring my wetsuit. <laughs> I will arrive in my wetsuit. Oh man. Until then, <laughs> you can tweet at us. At us. At us. At us. Do at us. Don't at us. I don't know. Whatever. Do it. Whatever. Yeah. Say hi. At Lore's Guild. Instagram at Guild Lore's Podcast. Well, not at, I guess. Just Guild Lore's Podcast. Mm-hmm. Email us at guildlorespodcast at gmail.com. You can get in touch with Tony and Game. Cartoon link 6180. Dot 6180. And myself, trogdormama.4903. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We've been climbing. Yeah. We've been climbing. A lot of people have been tuning in. It's been great. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. We're super appreciative. Also, it's not what I was expecting at all. Yeah, (laughs) totally. I'm happy. I'm glad you are all listening. I'm glad you're enjoying it. And we'll see you in Tyria. Yeah. Bye.